I would like to say a short message before you listen to this week's episode. On the 24th of February 2022, Russia invaded Ukraine unjustly. Since then, many people have been killed, soldiers and civilians alike. We here at Retrospective Replay would like to make our position clear. We are completely against this war. I have personal family ties to Ukraine and our household is doing all it can to help. I've put a link in the show notes if you have the capacity to donate. Glory to Ukraine. Glory to the heroes. Slava Ukraina. Gvrom Slava. Hello listeners and welcome to Retrospective Replay, Episode 6. Serialized podcast taking an in-depth look into video games. This is Resident Evil 4. Ian and with me is Michael. Hello Michael. Hello Ian. How are you doing? I'm not too bad thank you. How are you? Yeah well I guess I'm pretty good. Cool. Uh, so let's see how's your week been? Uh, not too bad. Been at work. Been on strike. Mm. Not even much more than that. I don't I can't think of anything standy outy in, in my life this week. Yeah. Haven't but, played any Resident Evil because I finished it, so. Yeah, well, that's fair. You did, you finished that. We'll have to, uh... I need to find another game to play. I mean, yeah. I've been playing a lot of Warzone and stuff, but, I mean, that's I think not... you should try that Jedi Fallen Order. It looks good. Yeah, or maybe one of the other Resident Evil games. Uh, I was thinking I was going to play the, maybe play the Village. Yeah. Um, yeah. don't know. Five's good. I like five. It's a bit like four. A bit more action-y. Um... When did that come out? Oh, 2006, I want to say, maybe. Okay. Uh, Resident Evil 5. 2009. 2009, okay. And it's on Steam. On Steam? It's currently £13. Bit expensive. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that'll go down. I mean, it's not, if you think about it, I mean, I got 17 hours out of, how much was the Resident Evil 4? I think we paid about £3. Oh yeah, okay, well, 16, 17 hours of gameplay for £3, entertainment for that is, you know, dirt cheap. You pay, I don't know, £15 to go to the cinema for an hour and a half? Yeah, the cinema's not cheap nowadays, neither is gas, neither is Nothing's cheap these days. Nothing is cheap, no. Talk, talk is cheap. And life is cheap if you're Vladimir Putin. Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. No. Let's, let's, let's move on. Um, I got the socials, Twitter, at Retro Replay Pod, Facebook, Retrospective Replay Podcast. And I got a patch note. Oh. We were talking no, about... where's our perfect streak? Nah, well, it was, you know, we couldn't it's remember gone. the name of the, the pub oh, in okay. Shaun of the Dead. And it's the Wessington, isn't it? No, no, it's the Winchester. Winchester. Yeah, it's the Winchester. Where is Wessington from? Wessington yeah. Way. Maybe. But yeah, that's the Winchester, yeah. The Winchester, which is a type of rifle as well. Uh, right, well, anyway, we're covering two chapters. So I think we're covering 3-2 um, and 3-3, three, three, or 3-1 three, and 3-3. Three, 3-2 three. Three, and 3-3. Three, 3-2 three, three. and 3-3. Three, three. We finished 3-1. Three, that was the end of um, when I actually went behind the wall. Yeah, I'm spanning the lazy Susan. Is that what it is? 
Well, it's a spinning wall, right? So I'm, I'm assuming it's just a wall attached to a lazy Susan. Why do you call a lazy Susan? What is a lazy Susan? It's, it's the thing that spins. Okay. Like Batman. Like Batman's got lazy Susan. Oh, okay. Game, he? Didn't realize it was called a lazy, a lazy Susan. Yeah. A lazy Susan is a turntable placed on a table or countertop to aid in distributing food. So it spins around. I don't know why it's called a lazy Susan. It is likely the explanation of the term lazy Susan has been lost to history. Folk etymologies claim as an American invention. According to law, Thomas Jefferson invented the device, which was known as a dumb waiter for his daughter, Susan. Ah, uh, okay. Because Susan was too lazy to go and move the food around to all of her guests. Instead, she Okay, that, that makes sense. Uh, I thought a dumb waiter was a... A dumbwaiter is the thing that hatch. goes up and down. Yeah, a hatch, like, you know, from a kitchen to up to the serving room. or the Yeah, yeah, like just like a little little elevator, like a little little food lift. Yeah, a food lift. Yeah. Or a food <laughs> elevator if you're in America. Yeah. Oh, that was a dumbwaiter. All right, okay. That is a dumbwaiter. I yeah. thought it was. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I thought that was a dumbwaiter. I didn't, I would, they're calling this rotating count tabletop thing a dumbwaiter, though, but okay. obviously now it's a lazy Susan, anyhow. Uh, yeah, so that's where we saved, and when we restart the game, we start exactly there, and the radio beeps. Leon answers it, asking Hunnigan what had happened as the transmission cut off. However, it's not Hunnigan. Somebody laughs, and it's Salazar. Salazar says he's jacked the line. They don't want Leon telling everyone about any unnecessary information. Did you not find that a weird turn of phrase? He said, we've jacked the line. I thought we, you'd say you hijacked the line. Jack the line. Uh, I think I've heard it in films. I thought it was hijacked it to like take it over. I just thought it was strange when he said Jack the line because was he just trying to be cool and where I say hijacked? He's like, oh, we jacked it. Oh, wait, we jacked it. I mean, maybe to steal something, we jacked it. To split the line off, you, you use something called a line jack unit. So I guess if you've jacked the line, you've put a line jack unit on the line. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. That's all. That's all that explanation I can think of there. I mean, I guess English is a second language, so maybe he's using the wrong terminology, or maybe he's being very specific around what you're saying there. So that would make sense. Very technical. But how are they going to jack the line with a walkie-talkie? Uh, they can't. <laughs> don't think so. Well, unless they can, like, I don't know, they can absorb the transmissions of the walkie-talkie somehow. Maybe the you can buy paint. That has like metal in it that absorbs radio signal. So maybe the whole castle is painted in this paint to absorb the radio signal. Then maybe. they're retransmitting their radio signal from antennas placed in the ceiling. How's that and, for an explanation? <laughs> yeah, and that's why you should all wear you should wear a tinfoil hat because they'll people can steal your thoughts. Yeah, for I did it on Futurama. Yeah, we made a non Simpsons reference. Well, it's still Matt groaning. It is. And John DiMaggio is back as Bender, so that's good as well. I'm back, baby. Carrying on, Leon demands to know where Ashley is. And Salazar says she fell in one of our wonderful traps and we'll make sure we find her. And don't worry, just to let you know, I've let some miserable insects out for some exercise in the sewer. Then Leon just says, like, thanks, it should keep me company because boredom kills me. Oh, man, you know, can we play a game where we don't have these crappy one-liners? Yeah, drinking game where every time he says a crappy one liner, you have to drink a shot. I'll be sloshed. I'll be I'll, I'll be comatosed. Um, and then Salazar says, "I will look forward to our next encounter 
in another life. Conversation ends and we're left in the corridor, looking at the wall that span around. And the map shows us we need to go that way, but you can't. If you examine it, he says, Ashley's on the other side, I better get around. So the only door you can go down is when you turn back around to the left and going through there drops us down to the sewers. Soon as we get into the sewers, Navista Doors starts to play, which according to Google Translate is novelists. Even though we're in a sewer with loads of bugs and the music was entitled Novelists. That makes no sense. Uh, I find this music puts you on edge. Uh, yeah, I think it's meant to, though. It will meant to, yeah. Especially given the kind of creatures you're going to talk about in a moment. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So down here, the enemies are sort of like insects, and they can go invisible. And even with the shimmer, I find them hard to see. I found them quite easy to see, actually. Really? Maybe the settings on my monitor were different. And I think I'd also turned up the brightness, because uh, when I downloaded the HD update, I think there was some guidance on increasing your brightness. Okay. But I found them quite... I found the shimmers quite easy to see. I, 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 I don't think any of them actually... Uh, maybe one or once or twice is another point, but I don't think any of them got anywhere near me with the shotgun. Well, that's good. The first time I was gotten was the first time when I didn't know what to expect, but after that right. it was fine. I mean, at least it don't cause a lot of damage, though. You know, it's only like mm, one segment no. of damage or something every time they grab a hold of you. Not so bad. And they're, they're easy to kill. Yeah, they're, they're not too hard. If we follow the path around, we come to a central area with a bug that sort of drops down from the ceiling. So when you beat that, in front of us is a pool and it can't be passed and the water is drained. So turn around and go off to the side. Basically, you're in a dungeon or a, or like a jail. There's loads of like holding cells and with bars on. And a couple of more enemies will attack us, but there's a room at the back with a valve and you use the valve and the water level that it drops down and next to it is a chest and inside is a butterfly lamp and some of these bugs drop green eyes and one of the green yeah. eyes fits in the lamp so I'm just wondering if you'll see because you do see the, the, the green eyes on the bugs as they turn invisible and I'm wondering if there'll be different ones later with different coloured eyes can't remember myself so be interesting to see because I'm sure that butterfly lamp takes more than one gem and I couldn't put another green eye into it yeah, I think it does. When I left this room, there was another bug that jumped at me and I hit the button. I hit X for some reason. I ain't sure why. And when I did, it must be like a QTE because Leon did like a big spinning kick and just kicked it across the room. I got the same. All right. Did you? Yeah. I shot one. Yeah. Ran out of shot um, bullets when he was down and he jumped at me and then I did the, kind of, he did the swinging kick and kicked it across the room as well. Yeah. It's really quite cool. So you drop into the now empty pool, and again, you're attacked. And I found this one really hard to see. I think it came from behind, but it was invisible, and it got me. It hit me three times off I managed to kill it. But you do, you kill it, you move up the stairs, some barrels on the left with a few items, second set of stairs through a door, and now you can start to hear some metallic-y scraping sounds. And I had no idea what was going to be around the corner. I totally forgot. Yeah, I mean, I when I heard the sound, I knew exactly what it was going to be, because this is a classic game sound yeah big swinging death blades basically well yeah like um i think did you ever play prince of persia the sands of yeah, time yeah, yeah. Was, was there something similar in that similar yeah it's yeah. been in this is in loads of games this this mechanic of yeah it's a common trope so yeah as you see it's like a giant pendulum with an axe head and you have to run past them and in the middle there's a timed jump but it's pretty straightforward, to be honest. You can see the lines on the floor where the uh, the axes pass through. I mean, who builds this sort of thing into a castle? I mean, and why? 
to stop the novelists escaping from the prison and writing yeah, about it. <laughs> I guess. But there's a I door the other way. I mean, I you know, there's, there's all these kind of things in these old buildings. Yeah. Okay. That's what gives them character. <laughs> when you get to the end, there's another ladder and there's a blue velvet, actually, blue velvet gem at one point on the way up. So I'll grab that to sell later. And then there's another door, and stepping through this brings us back to the central hall area where the merchant's shooting range was, but now we're on the next level above. The music central hall plays, and we see many cultists all on the floor. And it looks like to me that they've just done a sacrifice, doesn't it? Yeah. But they've managed to gather there in about four or five minutes it's taken for us to climb up, and they've suddenly decided to all gather around. Yeah. And as soon as you attack them, they scatter but there's one red guy who has something shining on his neck and I managed to kill him. And that was, uh, he was carrying an Illuminados pendant. Did you get him? Uh, I'm not sure how many of them I got. I think, I'm not sure if I got him. I got some of the other ones and I got like spin holes off them. Right. But I don't know if I got the pendant. I don't think I did. Right. I mean, if I had realized what was happening, maybe I should have just jumped down and attacked them because they actually run away and they run past the typewriter and the, the door closes down and then that's it they've gone so I think, I think it must be a bit of a bonus to collect some items I think it is I didn't know what was happening if, if I had I'd probably try to down a grenade or something so now we have to do a bit of chandelier jumping to get us to the other side which allows us to get some treasure and then you jump back to all the switch and then you jump back again I think that takes us to the next door but before that it's a merchant welcome and he has some new items. Got some rare things on sale, stranger. But for me, these are just upgrades. Yeah, always the same. So we moved the door left of the merchant and the music infiltration starts to play. And now, I know you've never played it, but this next area, it really reminds me of Resi 1. How like so? The reason, you know, the, the reason is it looks more like the inside of a mansion rather than oh, a castle. Okay. You know, it's like the ceilings are low, normal size, and there's carpets, wallpaper, more oh, furniture. Okay. Yeah. Um, you walk up some stairs to the next room and there's a memo on the table the the Castellan memo and it's quite a long one for many years the Salazar family has served as the Castellans of this castle however not everything is bright for my ancestry has a dark past long ago there was once a religious group that had deep roots in this region called the Los Illuminados Unjustly, however, the first castellan of this castle took away their rights and powers. As a follower of this religion, and as the eighth castellan, I felt that there was my duty, as well as my responsibility, to atone for that sin. I knew the best way to atone for that sin was to give the power back to those who once took away from it, the Los Illuminados. As expected, it took a little time, but we were able to rejuvenate the once-sealed Las Plagas. With this success, I was one step closer to the revival of the Los Illuminados. The reason why I released the last plaga from deep under the castle and gave it to Lord Sadler was not only to repair the sins of my ancestors, but I felt certain that the Lord would make better use of this power to help save the world. To save those that have sinned with the power of Las Plagas and to cleanse their souls, creating a world without sinners. The way it was meant to be, once cleansed, they would become one of many Ganados where they will find their reason to live. And after the Lord has succeeded in creating the world in which he has envisioned, then the sins of my Salazar family will be atoned for. So he's an absolute nutjob. 
Yeah, a religious fanatic. Yeah, completely. Or extremist. Yeah. If you want to use the... Yeah. No, he's a nutter. Yeah, yeah, completely. So, out of this room, it's a door that doesn't... You don't load, it just opens. And as soon as it you open, you see a red colour and he has something shining on his neck. And there's a couple of guys around and they have... Um, bow guns and they start shooting at us and you have to kind of chase the red cultists around the room a little bit you go up to the next level and there's a ledge where you drop off and when you drop off that the cultist runs away and you get attacked by small men but I used my rifle and I just shot him Yeah, I he just kind of stands in one corner of the room for me if I didn't move it was a bit weird okay um, where this guy ran up was did you get the bookshelf with all the money on oh no uh, I don't think I did Right, there was a bookshelf there, and it had, like, about six different uh, pots of money. I'm not doing much, between, like, 500,000 each or something. Okay. And when you run over to the cultist, he has a, a gallery key, and that lets us move into the next area. And this next area, but it's a puzzle, anyhow. And the puzzle reads, The sacrifice of six lives shall make the way for the true path. So there's four buttons, and each end... There's four paintings on the wall, which corresponds to whatever buttons. I couldn't really figure it out. Basically, each, the, the paintings can flip on the one way or the other. Like they've got two they, sides. They go in pairs. So you turn one, but when you press one button, it turns two pictures. Hmm. But there's, yeah, but there's, so you have your um, uh, four switches. Yeah, four switches. And you have four paintings. And the whole idea is to keep turning the paintings until it depicts six people yeah. across four paintings. And I did this with just by pressing button one, two, three, and four. I was just seeing what each button did. And I pressed one, then two, then three, then four. Then I was like, oh, there's six people on there. And that was it. Was oh, done. really? Yeah. It took me a good few goes. I was just trying to press each button in sequence to see what it moved. And I did one, two, three, four. And then there was six people. I was like, all right, great. Wow, that's easy. Yeah, no, right? It was total luck. I mean, no skill on that at all. Yeah, it took me a, a couple of goes to do it. Uh, when you get it right, though, the whole wall slides to the left, revealing a door. And walking through, we meet Salazar once again. Leon enters a gallery area, and Salazar is above us looking down, and he says, What a pleasant surprise. But I'm afraid it's Ashley we need, not you, Mr. Kennedy. And he tells him, if you don't need me, get off my back, old man. And Salazar corrects him, saying he called me an old man. I'm actually only 21 or 20, I think 20, mm. which is crazy. Guy's about the size of Mario, Super Mario. Yeah, and he looks weird. Yeah. And he says, and Leon replies to him saying, so you like all the others, a puppet of parasites. Salazar corrects him, saying, surely you don't think I'm the same as those diminutive Ganados, the parasites, Las Plagas, a slave to my will. I have absolute control. Leon tells him he doesn't give a damn. Rain or shine, you're going down. What does that mean? What is even is that? I don't even know. And then loads of cultists appear armed with various weapons. And he tells him, Salazar tells him to get rid of our American friend. The cultist attack and the music agony plays. So we get attacked by quite a few people here. And then as you kill them, more come into the area. And it must have been, oh God, getting close to a dozen. To be honest, it was quite a lot. Mm, yeah. So there's a 
like there's two levels to this area this gallery area there's the ground level and then there's another level above but again it's a bit like a mezzanine because it it runs like a, a ring around the top so you can see in, into the like over the barrier mm. and into the middle and then there's a door with a button on and when you go up to it it says we need to deactivate the security so you have to go find another door upstairs which when you go in the room there's a urn on a button so you smash the urn press the button which deactivates the security no sorry it's the other way around there's a there's a button in the middle of a room which causes a chest to pop out in the in the very middle pops up and then the button under the urn causes the the bridge to go across from the top and when you get there you get a goat ornament which I'm not sure if you can sell or if it's actually part of a if you need it I'm like I can't even remember now I haven't used it yet anyway that's it's absurd. a it's part of a, a, a thing that you need to open a, a wall that closed ah okay probably the wall when, yeah. when we first went in the castle right yeah so there's the wall that blocked off and there's yeah. a kind of a mural or something and it's missing parts and that's part of it the goat head. ah okay so moving to the new area, and it's a long corridor, and you can see the outside world from here, so it's on the edge of the castle, obviously, and it's very quiet, apart from the sounds of crows. So you walk down the corridor, there's two doors, but one is locked from the other side. So there's only one way to go. Moving this way takes us outside. As we get outside, there's the sound of crickets, which get louder, and it's now night. When you follow the path around, there's a fountain. With crows or did you uh, shoot the crows I was able to shoot a couple of them and got pesetas yeah you get surprisingly a large amount so you just keep following this path there's some barrels in your way that you have to destroy giving us you know valuable ammo health whatever the game decides wants to give you and we end up with some two double doors which brings us out above the garden but you can't go down there yet and um, we have to carry on down the path into a building interior and this triggers a scene there's a woman in a red dress who saved Leon from Mendez and she walks up behind him and pulls out a gun from a holster and presses it into his back. She tells Leon to put your hands where I can see them. Leon tells her, sorry, but following a lady's lead just isn't my style. Okay. You know, yeah. And then she pushes the gun into him harder saying, put them up now. And Leon spins around, grabs her hands and then puts her in like an arm bar, takes the gun and then she does like a big forward cartwheel, kicking the gun in the air. She moves to the gun, but then Leon gets his knife out. And when she catches the gun, she aims it. But Leon already has managed to block that and then has a knife against his throat. So he's just like the coolest guy, apparently, isn't he? Yeah. She's wearing sunglasses as well. Yeah, she is. It's nighttime and she's wearing sunglasses. Why is yeah. she wearing sunglasses at night? Well, we'll find out in a second. There's a song about that. Sunglasses at night. I wear my sunglasses at night. Never heard this. You probably have. Uh, it's a song by Corey Hart. That must be it. Yeah. Who's Corey Hart? I have no idea. I've just I just know the song. I have no idea. Where am I? I? I'm I'm listening to it, but I have no idea. I've never heard this before. Corey Hart, Canadian singer. Anyway, there you go. I wear my sunglasses at night. Hmm, okay. Anyway, yeah. it makes no sense why she's wearing sunglasses in the middle of the night in a in a castle. Except to be cool. Except to be cool, exactly. So Leon's pushed the knife up against her and he says, bit of advice, try and use a knives next time. Works better for close encounters. And he takes a gun, ejects the clip, and throws the woman. The woman removes her sunglasses and it's Ada Wong from Resident Evil 2. 
I had no idea who that was. <laughs> she doesn't even play a big part from memory in Resident Evil 2. Except she was a woman in uh, earlier on in the game when I saw her earlier on. Ada says, Leon, long time no see. He doesn't seem too happy to see her. And he says, so it is true. Was she supposed to have died in Resident Evil 2? <sighs> she just disappears, I think, from memory. And- you play it, you play as a little bit, and then I'm pretty sure I should just kind of. I've got a memory of I don't know, I can't really remember. I'm sure she just ends up like just leaving you when when things are going to explode. She's like, I'm off by something like that. Might have to play, have a playthrough. Typical woman, they all yeah. leave. <laughs> um. So yeah, and she replies, "True about what?" And he says, "You're working with Wesker, and he's from Resident Evil One. He was the guy that." Uh, was involved with, with the T-Virus the and made the tyrant, the, the boss, big boss of the game. And then she says, I see you've been doing your homework. Uh, and he asks her why. And then she drops her sunglasses on the floor. But then you can see that they're no ordinary pair of sunglasses. They've got writing on them at that point, haven't they? Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah, they're, yeah. It's yeah, very so, James Bond. So I think they must be given a, like, must be like Google, Google Glass or Google Glasses, whatever they were called, you know? For like feeding out information. I wish they did. They kept those. I would have bought a pair of Google glasses. Wouldn't if you can still get them? Meh. Maybe secondhand. I want to get them on eBay. No, I think I want to get a retinal implant instead now. <laughs> Google. Were they called Google glasses? I think they were just called yeah. Google glasses. Google glasses. Explorer Exceed Smart Edition. £480. Mm. £600. Yeah. They're not cheap, mind. No. Oh. Yeah. No, glasses aren't that cheap either. No, I suppose they're not. Anyway, yeah. So then Ada says to him, what's it to you? And then Leon demands to know why she's here and why did she show up? At this point, the camera zooms on the shades and the flash, and they are flashing and it says like um, bomb or something, doesn't it? And, yeah. and then it goes like goodbye and then they explode. Very small explosion, but enough to sort of blind Leon. And she grabs her gun and says, see you around when she jumps out of the window and disappears. Leon shouts after Ada, but he's never going to catch her now because, you know, she's she's fast. She's like an infiltration specialist agent. And that's it. End of chapter. Stats, stats, stats. I did awful. Hit ratio 64 and 80. I know. Uh, My hit ratio there was 70 and I'm at 81. Right, oh, you won ahead. Enemies killed 25 and 352. I killed 25 and I'm 310. But that's because you went on the other pathway that had more people. Yeah, died zero, eight total. I died zero and it's 12 total, but three of those don't count. Yeah. Because they're for a quick time error. So, chapter 3 3. We start in the inside of that room where Ada just left us, and it looks like a very small house tacked onto the end above the gardens, doesn't it? Yeah. It's got like a small dining room. It's got a bedroom, a big bedroom with a huge bed. And inside the bedroom is the merchant. Welcome. Um, and I've got some extra tune-ups for my shotgun. That merchant gets himself into some interesting places. He does. Sets up in some interesting places. I don't think there's any explanation about the merchant. I would like an. I would like one. I'm going to quickly Google the merchant. But there's loads. He's the same person everywhere, is he? I assume so. I'm assuming he's meant to be the same person everywhere. But how does he keep beating us to places? The merchant, yeah. Resident Evil Four. His name is Steve. He's a weapons peddler who dresses in a long black coat, pale blue, flame marks location of his shops, and he appears capable of tra- traveling great distances in the blink of an eye. Carries wide selection of weapons and his huge 
backpack and coat, and it's obvious from his appearance that he is a Ganado, but he doesn't seem to regard outsiders as a threat. Wait, is he a Ganado? Well, if you look at his eyes, oh, his right. eyes are like, um, I've got Las Plagas in them. Yeah, okay. No one knows how he gets his weapons, but his selection is enough to impress even Leon. And he's very good at his trade, flattering the buyer with phrases like, the choice of an avid gun collector, and you'll need guts to buy that weapon. At one point, when he had a gun, he goes, are you going hunting an elephant? <laughs> and like, all right. He's a nice guy. I was sad when I got him killed once. <laughs> so how many locations does he appear? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 locations. The only problem is he, is he doesn't give you, he doesn't sell ammo. He doesn't sell ammo. I did something wrong in this. When I went to him that time, I spent my money on that gun, the revolver. What's that? Do you know the, the revolver, the butterfly black? Oh, yeah, the broken butterfly. Broken butterfly, that's the one. Um, and then I was like, nah, screw that. I'm not going to spend the money on it. So I reloaded my save and spent it instead on upgrading my red nine. Yeah, that's good. I like the red nine. Right, so behind the merchant, or sort of behind us next to the merchant, is a table in the center of the room with a note, female intruder. This reads, this seems to be a female intruder among us. We believe she's connected with Sarah. We also believe that she was the one who removed the egg ejected into Sarah before it was hatched. She may have had him retrieve the sample before the American agent's arrival. It is obvious that her objective is the sample. We must get to her before she is able to re-establish connection with Sarah. There is also reason to believe that she is working for somebody. We need her alive for interrogation. The female should be able to answer all our questions. After we have captured her, Sarah will no longer be of any concern. As long as we retrieve the sample, you may dispose of him as you see fit. Right, so now we can progress through the door, next to the, which is located next to the save point, And this takes us into a very large dining hall. This is the weirdest layout. Why would you have this huge dining hall, which then goes off to this little bedroom with another dining table in the next room? It's just odd. I don't know. Maybe... People just want to get out of bed and go and entertain people. I don't know. But in this large dining hall, there are stone tablets on the wall, with each with a message on in Spanish, I think. But it, when you click on them, it They're reads English. them in English to you. First one says, A dessert to cherish our remaining years, followed by, Bread begins the meal of life. The third one mentions meat to save the time at hand. And the last one says one last drink and the bottle breaks, returning to from whence we came. So at the very end of this room is a bell, like a little bell that you ring. And when you when you do that, a painting spins round. And what you can just tell that it's a 2D painting, but the bottle is a little 3D model. It's a little, little bottle actually yeah. in the painting. So you shoot that and well it links to what was on the plaque well yeah one last drink and the bottle breaks so not you, that you yeah yeah not did you have to read the plaques to be able to work that one out yeah you just shoot the bottle and there is a door just our left hand side which was covered by like a grate when you uh shoot that it opens up and we can move inside Oh, actually, before we move inside there, there was another door you go through that loops you back round to the um, the crow corridor. But really, all that's there is a little bit of treasure, yeah, some items and a couple of bugs to shoot. So when you move through the greater door, you can see a treasure chest. And when you go up to this treasure chest, 
it uh, triggers a scene. In this scene, a cage drops on top of us, like uh, like like WWE rage in the cage, isn't it? All right, yeah, all right, talk more like um, in Mousetrap. Yeah, 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 like Mousetrap. <laughs> oh, what a game. Uh, and then a Garador jumps down into the cave. I don't know how he knows where he's going, though, because he's blind. Then the music agony starts to play. So the cages, the cage area is very small. Um, it's really hard to avoid mm. the Garador. Because he just kind of walks around, I think, in a, yeah. in a round the outside of the cage, and the cage is, is very small, so it's hard to do anything. Plus, lots of enemies come around you and start shooting at you. Yes, lots of Ganados with um, crossbows. There's two doors on this cage, but they have really strong padlocks, so it takes like three or four shots on a shotgun, which is more than enough time to get the Garador to charge you and start attacking. However, that's the way I did it. I just kind of, I took a couple of hits off the Garador, shot the lock off, and I ran outside. So then I could shoot the Garados, and then shoot the Garador, uh, shoot the Ganados, then shoot the Garador from outside the cage where he couldn't hear me. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, he didn't come out of the cage. Yeah. So once you get out, once you get the lock off and get out, then you, the other guys are easy enough to take care of, and then you can just shoot them through the cage. Yeah, and that's exactly what I did. And then when you do that, you can go back in to the cage and grab the item from the chest which was a hourglass uh, but the the garador of course drops 15k for us yeah uh, i'm not sure the hour, is the hourglass probably used on that thing as well or is that just something you sell uh i think you sell the hourglass i mm. think i just sold that right yeah. no 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 it's yeah because the the goat ornament there's a lion and a, another part of a i can't remember minotaur or something like that it's a right. joined up piece yeah ah, okay so in this room, there was another door for us to go through, and this takes us into something that's quite rememberable. It's a large room with blue pillars. You have to jump down, and when you do, there is a grated door with a large display case on the other side. However, there's a lever that's presented to us to pull. When you pull it, the floor raises from the ground, sort of bridging the gap of this room. As you climb back up towards this new platform, you get attacked and some shield guys bust out the other end and come down this narrow walkway towards you. There was a, which I didn't notice until afterwards, but there was um, a lantern above where these guys come through. So if you're quick enough, you can shoot the lantern yeah. and drops on them and kills them. But I didn't manage to do that. I just ended up using the TMP. And then some other guys come from behind you as well. So you, you got to be pretty quick. But once you get them, you can then walk around the outside of the room towards that display case, which has a rocket launcher in. Yeah. And like uh, yeah, making space like, in oh, your case for it, though, is a bitch. Well, I didn't make space for it. I left it. Okay. Because I ran forward um, to go see the merchant because I thought I'm going to go sell some stuff to the merchant and come back. And then when I got to that merchant, he had some new stuff. Got some rare things on sale, stranger. And one of that new things was the large attaché case. Okay. So I bought the case, ran back, and grabbed the rocket launcher, which is quite nice. Yeah, I think I made. Yeah, I'm, I was able to make space for it. Or else, did I buy the case first? No, I think I did what you did. Actually, I think I bought the case first and then went back. Yeah, it still I, takes making space to do it, though. Oh when yeah, rearranging your stuff. Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. I'm, I must have ten green herbs because I'm saving them for when I get yellow herbs and red herbs. But I hardly ever get yellow and red herbs. No, I just mixed them all together and be like, because uh, I need the space. Yeah. I threw away a couple of grenades as well, which... Pff, I, I normally mean, sell them. I sell grenades back to the merchant because you get like okay. a thousand for a grenade. All right. 
So it's worthwhile if you have loads, just sell them back, get a bit of cash out of them. Or you just don't load people up. No, you can do that as well, but I sell them and upgrade my guns. When you spin around from the merchant, there's a door, and you move through, and we trigger another cutscene. We're upstairs in a mezzanine area, and Sarah enters from the door, and he has something in his hands. And he, he shouts to Leon, says, Leon, I've got it. And then Sarah stops speaking as like a soft sound is heard. Then Leon watches as Sarah is impaled by a huge, like a tentacle type thing and then hoisted in the air. He shouts for Lewis um, and... I think the term is a tendril. A tendril, right. Okay, so he's impaled by a tendril and, and lifted into the air. Leon shouts for Luis and he's screaming and he drops what he brought for Leon. And it's like a little little canister with with something in. Sadla's also there and he catches it. And the tendril then slams uh, Sarah to the ground and disappears under Sadla's attire. Almost like it was a giant, giant thing coming from him. So obviously he's got the last Plagas as well, but he can control it. And mm. yeah, pretty nasty stuff. Sadla tells him now that he has the sample, that he serves no purpose, that my boy Salazar will make sure you follow the same fate. Then he leaves, and Leon rushes over to Luis, who is he's dying, and he says, stay with me, Luis. Uh, he then tells him that he's a researcher hired by Sadler, but he found out what I was up to. And Leon tells him not to talk, but Sarah hands him a bottle of pills and says, here, this should suppress the growth of the parasite. The sample... Sadler took it and you have to get it back. And then he just, you know, he goes limp, doesn't he? And he dies. And Leon shouts, like, Lewis. Snake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Snake. You know, I'm surprised it doesn't like zoom out and you can see the whole <laughs> earth and it's like, Louise. But that's it. End of chapter. It's like, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he just met this guy, but now he's happy. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, you know. Yeah, I mean, fair. he was killed in front of him, yeah. I suppose. But yeah, brings us on to more stats. So hit ratio, 74 and 80. I have 74 and 81. Oh, man. Enemies killed 12 and 364. 12 and 322. Uh, died 0 and 8. Yeah, same, 0 and still 12. Nice. Oh, that was it. That was two chapters. We actually went through that faster than I thought, but that was uh, quite a lot of gameplay. Yeah, I mean, that's on to the end of chapter 3-3, three, three, isn't it? Yes, and I think is next is is it four one? No, three four. It's three four, and then we end on a chapter four one. Yeah, yeah. So, how did you find that chapter? We've got really no burning questions now, have we? No, I think it answered a lot of questions. The only thing is, who's Ada? What's she doing there? What does she want? Uh, yeah, but if you played two, yeah, the problem is I'm trying to remember remember who she was in Resident Evil Two. Yeah, but I mean, uh, what? But what's she doing here? Well, true. Is she like a rogue agent or something? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, she was a spy from an unnamed rival company set to recover samples of the deadly G-Virus in Resident Evil 2. Oh, well, okay, then it makes sense why she's there, doesn't it? So she's probably like industrial espionage or something. Yeah. I guess so, but there are no real burning questions right now. No. Uh, let's see. Do you have, have you prepared something for, for the listeners tonight? Uh, yes, I kind of was interested in this when I read it. The ancient Greeks were supposedly some of the first civilizations that were afraid of zombies. Um, and how they worked this out is that looking at um, burials of the ancient Greeks, archaeologists found um, evidence 
that they might have been afraid of people coming back from the dead. So they put rocks or heavy objects uh, on the bodies. So they found it on the skeletons afterwards um, mm. in the graves. And they thought that that might be to stop the dead from coming back up. So to stop zombies. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, that is quite interesting. Yeah, so bury people with big rocks on them so they can't come back as zombies. Yeah, it'd probably work. Although don't, it, it's weird. Why do zombies seem to have like incredible strength? No idea. I don't get it. Maybe because their brains don't work that well. Maybe. And we like, all have the strength inside of us if we could y- just actually unleash it. Yeah. Like, is it, <laughs> well, isn't it like you, you are really strong, but your brain inhibits it so you don't hurt yourself. Like when you have these fight or flight moments, how people can lift cars. and Yeah. You could bite off your own finger as easy as a carrot, but you don't do it because your brain stops you. A carrot really through the bone like a carrot. Yes, it said yes. I've read that. So you could bite off anyone's finger with like a carrot. Man. But you don't do it because your brain stops you from doing it. Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, you could. Yeah, I mean, there's like, so they say people have super human strength and stuff when they're in certain situations. Maybe that's it as well. Yeah. Don't try and bite off your finger with a carrot. That's nice. Not like a carrot. That would be bad. Yeah, that would be don't bad. Don't bite anyone else's fingers off. Eat carrots. Eat carrots. Do you know the carrots they, they, you're supposed to make you see in the dark? That's all made up. It's all made up. It was it was because of radar. Yeah, it was because of radar. Yeah. So the way I understand it was the pilots would say they ate carrots because it would help them see German planes. But it was, in fact, because they had radar. Like, I'm, I'm assuming they, they must have had a, um, a radar station on land and they were then radioing through to... Or maybe they had radar in their um, planes. No, no, they wouldn't have had radar on the planes. Go, no, no, that's, that wouldn't be many years later. They might not even have a radio on the plane, actually, you know. They probably mm. just were told, oh, there's planes coming from this direction, um, you know, certainly however long before they arrived because they weren't that fast. So it just meant they could scramble their planes and then yeah. go after them and then they were probably thinking, wow, how did they know we were here? You know, we're, we're, we're sort down. of 10, 15 mile away from land and they're already attacking us. But then they claimed, oh, because we ate carrots. And that's all it was about. People believe anything. Abraham Lincoln once said, do not believe everything you read on the internet. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> he also a, zomb- a zombie hunter or was it a vampire hunter? Who? Abraham what? Lincoln. Abraham, what do you mean? Isn't there a movie called Abraham Lincoln's Vampire Hunter? I don't know. You can think of, oh yeah, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, 2012 film. Yeah, and there's also Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. That's an our yeah. movie. That yeah. has zombies in it. And what was that other one? That was that was female sexy lesbian vampires or something. It was James Corden and okay. his counterpart at the time before James luckily went off to America and we don't have to deal with him. <laughs> uh, you can't oh, say that. What if know. James Corden listens to the podcast? Now you've upset him. Ah, well. We'll put in a patch now if he writes to us. <laughs> Apologizing. Uh, lesbian vampire killers. That was it. I went to the cinema to see that. What? Why? Uh, because at the time I had one of them. Uh, unlimited cinema cards. Unlimited cinema cards, yeah. So it has an IMDb rating of 5.1, which we know is very poor for IMDb. What was the premise of this movie? Um, Basically that. Okay. But yeah. Anyway, I think we're rambling a bit too much now. Yeah, cool. Right, okay, so, you know, as always, thank you for listening and join us next week for two more chapters, which will be chapter three, four, and four, one. Yep. Excellent. Okay. Cool. Good, Good night. night.